0: Good to be in the house of God, Amen. I want to just mention in relationship to that men's conference, it's really a men's summit next Saturday. It's four hours, 8:30 in the morning till 12:30. And I would love to take with me a group of hillside men. It's an opportunity for us to grow. It's an opportunity for us to make a stand. And all of us should be very aware that there is an assault on men there is an assault on women there is an assault on marriage there is an assault on family there is an assault on government God has ordained the roles of husband and wife God has ordained the role of men and women certainly in leadership men taking a lead role in their homes let me back that up in their personal lives in their homes in their marriage and in the community this is a challenge to all of our men so I want to invite there's gonna be a sign up sheet going around the cost is $29 however we have a grant if you will and so we're asking simply for $15 it's a four-hour, plus your travel time. You won't be sorry. Dr. Mark Strong, who is the pastor of Life Change Church, he's not a stranger to Hillside Christian Fellowship. He has spoken at our men's retreats previously. He's also been the one who led the, uh, the Fathership Conference a couple of years ago at City Bible. He's been a personal friend of mine for over 30 years, doing ministry down on the streets of Portland and at Portland State University in 1984, 1985, and 1986. So really, really want to encourage, I'm going to pass this sign-up sheet around. There's probably a writing utensil somewhere. If there's not, maybe one of you fellows like Austin or somebody could grab a pen. Thank you, Olivia. All right, while that's going around, please turn in your Bibles with me to Revelation chapter 16. Rev 16. As we continue our study through the book of Revelation, we come to Revelation chapter 16. This morning's message is what I would consider a simple message and not an unfamiliar message, yet, a message for us, a message for the church, a message for those that are not yet part of the church, and a message for us to be both forewarned, advised, reminded, exhorted, encouraged, and inspired. So I want to encourage you this morning as we look into Revelation chapter 16. Now, I would like to take time this morning to rehearse what we've done, and how we've arrived at Revelation chapter 16. But rather than take time to do that, I'll just encourage you to listen to last week's sermon where I recapped Revelation chapter 1 all the way up through Revelation chapter 15. So you can do that, and that will bring you right up to speed. I will simply tell you that we are in the midst of what is called by Jesus Christ himself the Great Tribulation. We're in the latter half, of the seven-year period known as Daniel's 70th seven it is a future event that will be transpiring on earth the church will have already been caught out we will be with the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven we will be on our quote-unquote honeymoon for the first six years the body of Christ the Church of Jesus Christ, will be receiving reward. Someone say amen. 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 Those are encouraging words. Those are exciting words. We will all stand before the Bema seat, judgment seat of Christ. Sometimes when we hear the word judgment, it can be alarming, perhaps terrifying. The beauty is this particular judgment seat is not a judgment seat that brings with it punitive damage, if you will. Remember that Jesus took our iniquity. He took our sin. In fact, the Word of God says he became sin that we might become the righteousness of Christ. He took our punitive judgment our judgment was laid upon him, if you will. He died a substitutionary death, a death that we each deserve, he took. Therefore, because you cannot have double indemnity, if you will, it can't. our sin can't be judged twice. That wouldn't be just. And God's judgments are always just. Therefore, the Bema Seat is a judgment of reward where we will all be receiving our victor's crown, our Stephanos crown, the crown of victory. And there we will also, our lives will be measured, if you will. The scripture tells us, Paul writing to the church in Corinth reminds us that all of our works, those things that we use to build our spiritual house, built upon the foundation that had been laid, Jesus Christ, they will be tried by fire. Those things that remain, those things that we did for the Lord's sake will remain and they will be as, you, or as we would an offering unto the Lord. Those things that we did in the flesh, the wood, the hay, and the stubble will all be consumed. There's an encouragement there for each one of us to build wisely upon the foundation that has been laid that we might on that day not be one only arriving and escaping through the flames, so to speak. Let's make our lives count for the Lord's sake. Amen? Amen. And so let this be a prelude to where we will be this morning. Here we are in the midst of the tail end of the great tribulation. We have seen the seven seals broken. We've seen the pause between the sixth and the seventh seal. We've seen at the breaking of the seventh seal, seven trumpet judgments announced. We've seen the first of the six trumpets We've seen the pause between the 6th and the 7th. We would note there is a pattern in how God operates. It is his character to operate in a pattern, if you will. It's characteristic of how he works. So we saw that pause. We've heard the 7th trumpet blast in Revelation chapter 11, verse 15. But we've not yet seen the results of that last blast. Chapter 16 will introduce us to the seven bowl judgments that are coming forth and will be poured out upon the earth dwellers those who remain on the face of the earth There is a pause between the seventh or the sixth and the seventh bowl this particular pause is but two small scriptures we're going to focus on one of them this morning. Verse 15. And if you want to hear the verse-by-verse study, which I would encourage you to do, you can come tonight and we'll finish chapter 14. We'll make it through chapter 15, which is the shortest chapter in the book of Revelation. And we'll engage in chapter 16, so you'll learn more about the bowls. But we come to verse 15. It's a pause, if you will, between the sixth and the seventh bowl says this, Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Father, in the next few moments, as we look into the perfect law of liberty, the Word of God, I pray, Lord, that each of us in our walk with you would be challenged. Lord, we would be challenged with a holy fire and a zeal. Holy Spirit, that you would fill these earthen vessels afresh and anew with a certain sense of urgency in the mandate that we have to go forth and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, Lord, will you stir our hearts. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said a strong amen. A strong amen. There you go. I encourage you to sit on the edge of your seat and uh, be ready. This is, a, this is a divine warning. It is a divine warning. And I would say for every believer, it's a divine encouragement. It's a divine exhortation. It is a divine inspiration. But nevertheless, for every one of us, it is also a divine warning. A divine warning. If you're here today and your faith is not in Jesus Christ, you can be assured it is definitively a divine warning, a divine warning. Contextually, hermeneutically, and exegetically for all of you Bible students, it is not like us to focus on one scripture and not put it in its proper context in the verses surrounding this particular scripture. So let me just simply say this is a future event. These elements, if you will, these activities around this particular Scripture are future events. To get the totality of that, you'll have to come into the evening service. But we find this verse in the midst. Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garment, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. So, the question arises, to whom is this divine warning given? Who's the giver of this divine warning? To whom is it given? Let me encourage you. The divine warner is Jesus Christ, the resurrected, glorified, living King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Alpha Omega, beginning and the end. The Son of God, our Savior. Some of you already knew that because you have a red-letter Bible. Now then, the divinely warned are several. This morning I would look very specifically at two groups, but very poignantly, We'll look at one. So the first, in the midst of this text, there is a group of people that are living during this future event. They are living there. There will be those who have not yet received the mark of the beast, the number of his name or his name in their right hand or their forehead. And they are yet alive. This would be a reminder, and certainly an encouragement, if they would but read this portion of Scripture during those days, they would be reminded that Jesus Christ is coming. He's coming. To all of us, we simply say, yay and amen. He is coming. But there will be a group of people that are living in this day, who did not get taken up with the believers prior to the great tribulation. There will be those who have not yet given their hearts unto salvation that may yet respond in this redemptive warning. There will be those who have already responded to the eternal gospel that has been preached and have not yet been martyred. This will be an encouragement and an inspiration to them. Jesus is coming. No man knows the day or the hour, but yet he is coming. He will set his foot upon the Mount of Olives, the second advent of Jesus Christ. He'll be an encouragement to them. Now then, since I trust none of us will be there, someone say amen. Amen. Let's move from that group. Let me remind you simply that at this particular point, our enemy, our arch foe, the fiery red dragon, the serpent of old, the devil, Lucifer, he will be rallying the troops, he will be rallying the nations. To a place called Armageddon, where there will be a battle. To those that may be here during those days, may they take heed and be forewarned that they would not clothe themselves in their own works, but that they would put their faith yet in Christ Jesus and be clothed. So, let's look at the second group, you and I. Now then, this is a prophecy that we have been, that has been given to us. It was given to John by Jesus Christ. It was given to Jesus by his Father. This information has been given to us. This particular warning does not necessarily apply to us, but let's be reminded this is not the first time that we have heard he is coming as a thief. You see, the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter both remind us that Jesus Christ comes as a thief. Jesus tells us, to be watchful, to be ready. Let that sink in for a moment. Jesus inspires you and me to be watchful to this end. He is coming at an hour that he is not expected. Now then, we ought not be unaware Peter tells us. We'll look at those scriptures now. Paul, writing to the church in Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 2, he says, For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. You may have been a believer in the early 70s. How many of us would remember the movie that was produced, might I say, low budget. Nevertheless, a movie that was made according to the scripture called A Thief in the Night. I remember going to Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa on a Saturday night, excuse me, on a Friday night for a movie and a gospel presentation, and this movie was played. And I was terrified. I thought, is my name written in the book? Am I going to be taken up in the rapture? And so I remember reassuring my faith at that point, saying, yes, Jesus, I want to be on fire for you and ready to go. Knowing perfectly well that that day, the day of the Lord, so cometh as a thief. We'll look at Jesus' words in relationship to the homeowner, and not knowing when the thief was going to arrive, if he did, what he would do. We'll look at that in a moment. But Peter, in Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 10 says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. I would like you to take note that it says, And the works therein shall be burned up. Folks, the cares of this world which ensnare God's children. James, 1 John even, John tells us, Do not love this world or the things in this world, for this world is passing away and the lusts therein. It is high time that the church of Jesus Christ would live kingdom-mindedly, not earthly-minded. He says, behold, I am coming as a thief. Note that the word behold is a demonstrative particle. This particular word, behold, exclamation point as it is normally given, behold exclamation point see exclamation point lo exclamation point it is demonstrative particle and it is adding vivacity to the message in fact the definition is it is bidding the reader or the hearer to attend to what is being said and it is inserted in a disclosure that is absolute absolute the absolute in this statement that he is saying and bidding us to pay attention is I am coming Jesus Christ is coming soon the analogy him as a thief. Its purpose is so that you and I would be watchful. Now then, Jesus, in fact, turn with me in your Bibles, will you, to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24, I encourage you to underline these verses. We'll begin in verse 32. 32, We'll read through 51. These are the words of Christ. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. Let me interject something here really quickly. Spring seemed to come a little early this year. Every single day I walked out of my house, we have some shrubs right to the left of our front porch. And very early on, we began to see them budding. I thought, man, those things are coming soon. Man, those things are coming out early. An hour unexpected. A time that was not anticipated. In fact, I remember when the first leaves came out, I thought, Man, I didn't think it was that close. Israel has become a nation again. The fig tree has budded again. The time is near. Verse 33, so you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will be the coming of the Son of Man, or the Son of Man, his coming be. Listen, another interjection here. Noah was a preacher of righteousness. He was declaring and he was telling the people what God had told him water is going to fall from the sky. They had never seen that prior to the flood. It had not rained on the surface of the earth. And so you can only imagine what the mindset of the people would have been. You're crazy. You're out of your mind. Water falling from the sky, as if. We go around telling people, Jesus Christ is alive. And he is coming soon. People just say, whatever. They've been saying that forever. Scoffers, Peter tells us, will flood the last days. You imagine when the first water started dropping. <gasps> You've seen that comic, the two T Rexes standing on the little mountain. Wait, that was today? <laughs> Watching the boat float away. Listen, we might chuckle. And there is a little humor there, but the reality is when we are snatched away, people are going to go, and it isn't going to be funny. It is not going to be funny. That unbeliever that you might have in your car while you're driving down the freeway, I guarantee you when you disappear and the car's still traveling at 55 miles an hour and they're in the passenger seat, that will not be funny. That will not be funny. It's coming. It says this, verse 40. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Do what? Watch. Watch. He says, verse 43. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken in therefore you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect be ready how do we ready ourselves be watchful be watchful verse 45 who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find him so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming. Here's here's some divine warning. If that evil servant says in his heart, my master is delaying in his coming. And begins to beat his fellow servants, to eat and drink with the drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him, and at an hour that he is not aware of, and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I believe that is. A warning for you and I it certainly is a warning for those in leadership in the house of God but I believe for every saint we're encouraged to be watchful let's go on just a little bit further let's get into chapter 25 then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom this is a picture of a Jewish wedding. In a Jewish wedding the hour in which the bridegroom would arrive was unknown to the bridal party and the day was unknown. They simply were told to be ready. How interesting that before the bridegroom would arrive he would send forth his herald in front of him who would sound a trumpet and declare the bridegroom is coming the bridegroom is coming We find Paul telling the church in Thessalonica that the trumpet will sound, the voice of the archangel, Jesus' herald, will be declaring, the bridegroom has come, and the trumpet will sound. So this is the picture. He says, now, five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, the bridegroom was what? Say it loud. The bridegroom was what? They all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish one said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, The other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Turn with me also, if you will, to Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21. We'll read just three more scriptures. Luke 21, beginning in verse 34, says this, But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the cares of this life. And that day come on you unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Let me back up again and reread verse 34. Take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing. The word carousing In your study Bibles, it might have in the center column the word dissipation. The word dissipation and carousing means to be in revelry or prodigal kinds of living. Doing things that those who do not know Christ would do. Our former way of living. The old man. Engaging in the activities of the old man, drunkenness, and cares of this life. The cares of this life. We're reminded in the parable of the sower about the deceitfulness of riches. And all of those kinds of things that are parts of the systems of this world. This morning I don't have time to elaborate on even the bowl judgments, but you would note that the last bowl will be poured out on the air. Who is the prince of the power of the air? This is a judgment on the king of the kingdoms of this world, his systems. And so often, God's people are raptured, engrossed in, in the things of this world. God, help us. It's not about our stuff. It's not. God does not give his children promotions so that we can go out and spend more money on us. Gang, it is about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. People ask me, well, is it wrong to have stuff? No. Is it wrong to be rich? No. But if your riches have you, yes, Oh, that we would be kingdom-minded. Now, praise be to God. I know I am preaching to the choir. Can I get an amen? Never have I been around so many people that are so kingdom-minded. And it is a blessing. But this message, this divine warning touches every single person in this room. The cares of this world, The deceitfulness of riches, the systems, we get engrossed. We slumber like the ten virgins because the coming is delayed. Can I suggest to you, this is not a time for the church of Jesus Christ to be sleeping, this is not a time for the church of Jesus Christ to be in a slumber. This is a time for us to well up with the fire of God and go forth and proclaim the everlasting gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Salvation is found in no other name, saving Jesus. We carry in these earthen vessels the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we must proclaim the good news. Paul, again, in that portion of his letter to Thessalonica, in chapter 5, he says, But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us, what? Not sleep. Let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. These are reminders to every one of us. It's interesting that we hear very little in the church of Jesus Christ in these days the word repentance. Repentance. Repentance is turning away from those things that we know we ought not be doing or when we have revelation knowledge from the Word of God that there's areas of our life that we are engaged yet in our former way of living, in the systems of this world. Maybe it's the simplicity of the love of money that has corrupted our vision and our purpose in God's mandate. It wasn't the great suggestion, it was the great commission to go forth and to proclaim the gospel all nations all people disciples teaching them to obey all of the things that Jesus had taught his disciples that's our that's our mandate we look at Matthew and we see the foolish or the evil servant his attitude was there's time I got time how many of us have thought I got time and we engage in things we ought not engage in Jesus probably isn't gonna come back in the next two hours so I think I could probably go do this I know we don't reason that way but by the very virtue of some of the choices that we make we live that way oh if we could just have that cognizant reasoning in our minds Well, Jesus is probably not going to come back in the next two hours. Wait a minute. He could. Maybe I'll obey. Right? What happened to that servant? The Lord appointed him a place with hypocrites. A hypocrite is one who's pretending. Will you look this way for a moment? This is not a time to be play acting your faith. Your performance isn't being measured by us. Look at the people next to you. It's not not about them. This This is not a time to pretend. This is real. Jesus is coming, He's coming. And we will all stand before him. What he sees will matter. It will matter. You probably love the people that you're sitting by. And that's good. And you should. Some of you are looking at each other like, well, sometimes. (laughs) We should have fervent love one for another. But listen, don't pretend to be spiritual when their eyes are on you because it's not for them. We live as unto an audience of one. And it's not just, well, it is just when his eyes are on us because his eyes are always on us. Amen? Amen. It's not a time to be engaged in any form of hypocrisy. And we certainly would not want to be where the hypocrites are going to be. It's a divine warning. In Matthew, the ten virgins, some lamps went out. How's your lamp today? How's your supply of oil today? Can I suggest to you that you talk to the Lord about your oil. If your lamp is running low, you just talk to the Lord. Talk to your Father who's in heaven. The Bible encourages us. If we, though evil, know how to give good gifts to our children who ask us, how much more will our Father in heaven give His Holy Spirit to those who ask. Oil is a type, if you will, of the Spirit of God. Some of us are running on fumes, so to speak. Can I submit to you that most of the time when someone is running on fumes, it's because they have been neglectful in their spiritual life. And can I suggest to you, that's the only life you have. If you've been living in some other area than your life being spiritual, you have been living in something that is a facade. It isn't real. It's going to burn. It's all going to be consumed. We are spiritual beings born again if your faith is in Christ today. If you have not been spending time with your Father, or with Jesus, or with the Holy Ghost. I would submit to you today that you're running on fumes, and you need to get close to God. James reminds us, draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. Draw near again. Some of you potentially have wants been on fire for god and passionate about the kingdom of god but in a delaying of time and the cares of this world envy jealousy of those on the outside why is it always that the other guy makes it and i'm struggling when our focus gets all askew, and the enemy of our souls has blinded our eyes. We lose sight of those things that really matter. You say, I'm out of oil. Hey, this is an exhortation for you. It's not too late to go and buy oil. Right? Jesus encourages the church in chapter 2 and chapter 3 of Revelation that during the church age, I counsel you to buy for me gold refined in the fire. I counsel you to get salve for your eyes. We're being counseled to get oil. In Luke snared with the things of this world. Maybe you're here this morning and you'd say, you know, Dave, I, I didn't mean to. Just kind of life was happening. I find myself at night just plopping down in front of the TV or um, fill in the blank. Just fill in the blank. It's been a while since you picked up your Bible. It's been a while since you Close the door behind you when you went into your room and knelt or leaned or laid down on your bed and just talked to your father who's in the secret place and you say man I just I've not done that. It seems like every time I do that I just nothing changes nothing changes can I suggest to you do not become weary in well doing for you will you will reap a harvest when we do not give up God is listening God sees you God knows, some of you, the difficult circumstances. We just, over the last couple of weeks, have looked at how God is with us. God's got us. He always delivers His children, and He will deliver you. Encourage you. Draw near to the Lord. Draw near to the Lord. Let's let's stand this morning. I'm going to I'm going to give an opportunity just to respond. And while you're standing this morning, let me remind you about Abraham. Abraham, the father of faith. Focus with me for a moment. Abraham, the father of faith. It began with him, so to speak. The righteous shall live by faith. His acts of righteousness were accounted to him as faith. And he's the father of faith. And the scripture tells us that though he lived in the promised land, he did not set up a permanent dwelling in the promised land. But he and his sons dwelt in intense while he was looking for a city whose builder and maker was God he was looking for a city he was looking forward to heaven and he lived in temporary dwellings never setting up residence That's encouraging. His mindset was not earthly. It was heavenly. Heavenly. If you're here today and you'd say, you know, the craftiness of my foe, our adversary, the devil, who roams around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, And I'm saying this at no matter what level you may have bought into the things of this world. No matter what level. Maybe just one area of your life. You're like, man, he's got me there. Guy. Guy. You say, I want to get fully surrendered. Man, I want the fire. God burning in my heart that I must declare Jesus is coming soon and tell others you need Jesus. Outside of Jesus you'll spend an eternity separated from God. It's burning in us. You'd say, none of this stuff kingdom of God. Jesus encourages us, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Taking care of our garments and keeping ourselves untainted from the things of this world. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these other things He'll take care of. They'll be added unto us. He ta- He keeps watch over the sparrows. How much more valuable to God are we than a couple of sparrows? He's got us. So, if you're here, and I know that you are because I can see you, you're here and you would say, Yep, his craftiness has snared me in an area of my life. And you'd say, I want to renounce it. And I want to be filled, fresh, with the fire of God. If you'd like to be included in our prayer this morning, I'm going to invite you to step out from where you are and just make your way to the front right now. and Just say, yep, that's me. Include me. Come on down. Don't hesitate. Amen. God bless you. Praise God. Pack in tight. Here we go. Pack in tight. Now I know for some of you, stepping out of your chairs and coming down forward it's not your thing. It doesn't mean that you're not going to be included in this prayer, but sometimes a step. come on up, come on and fill in right here, guys, It's good. It's good. Make room. I'll tell you what I love right now, what I'm seeing. I see a bunch of young people up here. Darren, that includes you. (laughs) Yeah. It's good. It's good. God wants to feel fresh and feel new. If you're standing, you'd say, Yep, I'm seeking, but there's some stuff. God knows you know He wants to meet you where you are. Will you bow your heads and pray with me this morning? Father, we come in the strong name of Jesus Christ. We give you thanks today. For you are the one who encourages. You're the one who reminds us. You're coming soon. You're coming soon. You're coming as a thief. And we want to be fully ready. Lord, because of the craftiness of our foe, the wiles of the devil, the blinding, the God of this age, blinding in some areas of our life. Lord, we have not been fully ready. And we say, Lord, we want to be fully ready. We want to be your, ki- we want to be your kids, your wise servants, your prepared virgin, your, the, just the readiness that comes with watchfulness and sobriety, not in carousing and drunkenness and the cares of this world. Lord, we simply renounce those things. Lord, where we have been deceived, where our eyes have been blinded, where we have engaged in willful behavior, where there has been sin in our lives, where your Spirit has been prompting us in areas and we've turned a cold and deaf ear. Lord, we say no more. We renounce that in the name of Jesus. And we repent and we turn to you. And Lord, we say, oh, Father in heaven, Jesus in heaven, Holy Spirit, invade our lives. Invade our lives. Fresh and new. We pray, God, that you would pour out fresh and new, Lord, in our fellowship in totality, the Spirit of God in a fresh anointing, a fresh filling, a good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over that out of us would flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. For your glory and for your namesake. Oh, that we would be seed scatterers everywhere we go. That our lives would be that which is to be expected. Even as in Antioch they were called Christians because they so resembled Christ. May others say, you must be a believer in Jesus Christ. So, Lord, may our lives be reflective. May our garments, may we not be clothed in our own acts, in our own reputation, but rather clothed in the righteousness of Christ, that others would see Christ in us, the hope of glory, and give their hearts to Jesus. We pray, God, for a spirit of boldness to infill as well, that, Lord, we would boldly proclaim the gospel of Jesus, where we go so father for your glory and for your namesake lord i know that are the truths of your word the truth that says how much more will our father in heaven give his spirit to those who ask lord that is an absolute just like the statement behold i am coming as a thief it is an absolute lord it is an absolute you give your spirit to those who ask so, Lord, it's not based upon how I feel. It is simply based upon the promise of God. And so, Lord, we stand on that promise. Hallelujah. And we ask, oh, Lord, as we empty ourselves of ourselves, will you fill every void that is God-shaped in our life, every area that we have sought significance or sought filling that void in some other area. Holy Spirit, will you fill that? And God, may we know the satisfaction in you. So, Lord, today we simply receive and we say thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor Dennis, could I invite you just to come back up? Let's just begin to thank the Lord where we are. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. We give you praise today, for it is by grace we have been saved through faith. Lord, we worship you and we thank you that, God, your fire, the passion, and the, just the fervor for the things of the kingdom of God, they belong to you. Lord, help us to decide even this day, Lord, to set aside and be disciplined in our spiritual lives. Lord, to be engaged in the word of God, to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We thank you, God, for a fresh filling of your Spirit in our lives. We pray, Lord, for not only the ministries of the Lord Jesus Christ, not only those gifts to be uh, manifest in our lives, but the operations of God working in our lives, day in and day out, that like in the Gospel of Mark, it says that we will cast out demons in Jesus' name, that we will lay our hands upon the sick, and they will be made well. Father, that these signs would follow your children. And so, Lord, be glorified. Be glorified. And help us, Lord, to convey the love of God through Jesus Christ. We ask all of these things in the strong name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said a strong amen. Amen. As you're making your way back, we're going to sing this worship song. If you're here today and your faith is not in Christ, And you would like to know what it means to be a follower of Jesus. I will be at the front door this morning greeting folks as they're leaving. Will you stay back and simply ask me about it and we can talk and I can share with you what that means. The Lord bless you, Pastor Dennis.